Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Mark 10 and 46. And they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Many charged him that he should hold his peace, but he cried the more great deal, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? And the blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. I want to draw our attention this morning to verse uh, 49. And from that, I'll draw my title, but the word tells us that Jesus stood still. And from that, I'm going to preach for a few moments from this title, When He Stands Still. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, I love you. I'm so thankful for the spirit that we have felt in this house today, how the Holy Ghost has moved. And I'm just asking for the next few minutes that you touch our hearts, that you touch our minds, and let the word do what it is designed to do. And that you guide us and be with us today, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And the whole house said, Amen. Amen. Jesus, he will stand still wherever uh, desperate, sincere faith reaches him. And when he stands still, we know that miracles happen and lives are changed. And we read in our text this morning where Jesus came to Jericho and he left Jericho. We read in our opening text in verse 46, and it took place all in one sentence. It tells us that he came in and that he went out. And the only healing or miracle that we read about is this blind man. No one else was healed. No one else was touched. We don't read about anyone having their life changed by the master. And I would submit that this is a good example that if we do not prepare ourselves for his presence, he will come and he will go. And we won't even realize it. We won't receive anything. Not, not because we've sinned or had wicked thoughts on our minds. No, no, no. We won't receive anything because we failed to recognize that Jesus was in our midst. And for whatever reason, too busy, in a hurry, not paying attention, and the list could go on and on. But we failed to realize that Jesus was right there and we didn't call to him. We didn't cry out to him. We didn't do whatever it would take to make him stop and stand still and to look on us. One blind man by the name of Barnabas was real, willing to reveal his emptiness. 
He was willing to endure the persecution for admitting that he had a need and that he had a fault. And I think one of the saddest things amongst the churches today is that we do sometimes do not have the liberty when we have a need or an individual has a need because of shame or embarrassment that they can't bring it to the Lord. This ought to be a place, if you don't hear nothing I say today, hear this, these altars should be a place that are safe where we can lay anything down that we need to and when we walk out those doors, never have to worry about whether somebody else picks it up and hits us in the back with it. This is a safe place and it should remain a safe place and shame on us if we defile this altar that the Lord has made where we can pour ourselves out to him. One blind man by the name of Bartimaeus was willing to reveal that emptiness because he heard the crowd and I thank God and and God always will give you and I something to work with. For Barnabas, it was this crowd that he knew that it was Jesus. If not for the crowd, he would not have known to cry out. And you and I, like Barnabas, sometimes we, we need some help. We need something to work with. And, and just like Jesus did for Barnabas, Jesus will always give us something to work with. I'll again use that word relationship. I know we've used it a bunch this morning, but if you have a relationship in the Lord, with the Lord, fear not. He's, he's not going to ask you to do nothing. He's not going to send you nowhere where he won't prepare you. Blind Barnabas, he couldn't, he couldn't hear or couldn't see, but he used what he did have and he could hear. He used what he had when he used his vocal cords to cry out. And When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out for mercy. Barnabas had been contemplating his condition and cultivating the spirit of desperation and his plea for mercy was a cry of desperation for deliverance. He was was so desperate and tired of being in that condition. And scripture says that many charged him that he should hold his peace or, or to put in our modern vernacular terms, they were complaining about him because he was making too much noise trying to get the attention of Jesus and the word says that he cried out more of a great deal. And again, I'll say we should always, when someone needs something from God, we should always. I, I, I know that we're on a time schedule, but we should never let any time schedule, anything on this list, predict or determine what God can do in someone's life. And that sometimes sounds familiar because there will always be those that have a problem when you get desperate and try to get the attention of Jesus. Some, somebody's always going to, to somehow stand in the way, but we've got to keep pressing. You can't worry about the crowd around us. can't worry about what we may look like or sound like. If you really need him or you need something in your life, you won't care what others think. Let, let bankruptcy hit your life. Let, let sickness and strife hit your life. Let cancer knock on your door and you'll find out you'll do whatever it takes to have him just to stand still for a few minutes and pay heed to you. It was this cry of Barnabas that stopped Jesus in his tracks that day he stood still and those who had told him to be quiet now said, be of good comfort, rise, he calleth for thee. It's amazing how fast people can change when it'll make them look more spiritual. If they had cared about Barnabas, they would have took him to Jesus for themselves. 
Mark 10 and 50 says, And he casting away his garment rose and came to Jesus. And this garment was symbolic of the lifestyle that he had. He had lived in that garment as a blind beggar. It represented all the restrictions that he had, the limitations and the impossibilities of his life and, and the things that he wasn't able to do. It symbolized the mental disposition that held him captive, that defined and determined his actions. And Today I could only imagine that because he was blind and perhaps running into things or, or falling down that this coat was probably dirty. I can imagine that he couldn't see when he would eat or drink and perhaps spilled something on this coat and it would cause it over time to have an odor and when people would pass by him, they would not only see this blind man, but they would see somebody who perhaps had a dirtiness about him, a stench about him and being unclean. And this coat for Barnabas said that I am blind, therefore I cannot do for myself and provide for myself and therefore I am a beggar and my life existence is determined by the generosity of those who have sight. I wonder today how many are spiritually blind to the things of God. And because of that, they have become beggars in the kingdom of God. I'm, I'm not talking about sinners or individuals living in the world. What I'm preaching about this morning is apostolic, born again, Holy Ghost filled, baptized in the name church people that are spiritually blind. Please understand me. Again, I'm not talking about sin, but what I'm talking about is just going through the motions of church life. The day in, the day out grind that life sometimes puts us in. And in doing so, we find ourselves missing the opportunity. Here you go. Here's that word again. We miss the opportunity to have a real relationship with Jesus Christ. Missing the opportunity to be active in the Holy Ghost, to be operating in the gifts of the Spirit. Never having the boldness or the power or the authority of the Holy Ghost to lay hands on the sick and believe them to be healed. We know that Paul said that men ought always pray. And I don't think he meant uh, walking around up and down the streets or in Walmart or in Lowe's just praying. But what I think Paul meant was that we need to have a prayer mindset so that wherever we may find ourselves, see at the end of the day what this is about, this is about people. And we're in the, the church is in the people business. And if you don't love people, then you can't contribute to the church and you can't contribute to the kingdom of God because Jesus loved people. He loved poor people. He loved blind people. He loved sick people. He loved all people, all colors, all races, all fashions. Jesus loved people. And we're in the people business. And sometimes people need help. And that's why we have to keep ourselves. If we call ourselves born-again children of God, we need to keep ourselves in a ready state and a ready mindset to help people. Whether that means uh, sometimes there are those who bless financially or prayer, uh, but sometimes people just need a shoulder to cry on, need somebody to pray for them. There are many in the church today who know nothing of the spirit of revelation. And again, I'm, I'm preaching to us about being full of the Holy Ghost and being so because at all times we need to be in spirit with, with God. We need to be in the tune with God. There are, there are many today who, like the Israelites, choose to live as blind beggars and to receive everything secondhand. They don't want a prayer life for themselves. They want to live off everybody else's prayers. 
don't want to be a worshiper and a, and a powerful praise warrior. They would, they would rather come in here and reap the benefits of somebody else praising and worshiping. Let them, let them pump it up. Let them get the spirit of God moving and then I can step in and feel the chills down my back and get what I needed for the day. There are many in the apostolic church today who are blind by choice. And I'm, I'm not trying to preach doom and gloom this morning and I'll try to end it on a positive note, but they're blind by choice because they realize that if they see, if I get sight, if Jesus heals me, then I carry the responsibility to change. James 4 and 17 says, Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth not, to him it is a sin. Barnabas knew that to receive his sight, he would end his right to beg. He could no longer sit on that corner. He, he's going to have to labor for himself now, provide for himself. And he publicly made that decision that day when he called out to Jesus that he would do that. And what he heard of Jesus, Jesus called him beyond his condition and convinced him of a fuller, more fruitful life. This faith in his heart created a, a spiritual side and he began to see himself well and healed with his eyesight, no longer a beggar, casting away his garments, rose and came to Jesus. The scripture tells us that blind Bartimaeus too stood up. And what that signifies is that he made a decision to be different. And sometimes you and I, it could happen in a church service, it could happen in a men's conference, it could happen in a ladies' conference, wherever it may be, but sometimes... We need to make a decision to change and to stick with that change. In standing up, he was leaving the position that defined him as a beggar. And in coming to Jesus, he was, he was leaving the condition that defined him as blind. And it was, it was coming to Jesus that he was stepping into the unknown. And that's where we sometimes struggle. Every phase of growth in our spiritual life requires that we step into the unknown that we go where we have not gone before and that we leave our comfort zone. You see, when God called Abram, he obeyed and he left his home and his family. And the word of God tells us that he had no foggy clue to where he was going. God didn't send some pictures to say this is what it's going to look like when you get there and these are the signs that you, you want to look for. And I believe that God didn't send pictures or, or give him a road map because sometimes pictures can be deceiving. They are not what they seem. We just come off of a, a vacation and Jennifer and I rented a, a little cabin, or that's what they called it. And, uh, you know, they took the pictures from the deck looking out over the lake. And then I think they went down to the lake and took the pictures of the little cabin, but they lifted the camera where you couldn't see the stilts that it was on. Some six by six post. And so when we got there, now the inside, as long as it's clean, I can, I can deal with anything. I, I, but it's got to be clean. I'll, I'll sleep in my pickup before I sleep in my dirty motel. But we get up to the top of this place, and it, it was nice. It was clean. And please don't misunderstand me. We had a wonderful time. But if Jennifer was in the back and I was in the front and I needed to go back there to her when I walked, when I got to her, she was, the whole thing shook. When the wind blowed hard, it shook. And so uh, yeah, we had to take some Dreamamine from time to time to not tease. But my point is, sometimes when we step out on faith, 
We have no idea what they step, we're stepping into. But ladies and gentlemen, that's the point of faith. That's the whole point of it. That's the whole thing God is trying to build up into us is to trust him. And as the children of Israel prepared to cross the Jordan into their inheritance, they were told to leave a space between them and the ark so that they could see which way to go because they had never been that way before. And that's what God asked us to do. He says, I want you to go through this. I want you to take this journey, but fear not. I'm going to be right there with you. I'm going to, you just trust me. I'm going to ask our musicians to come, but there are, there are born-again saints of God that are missing out on what God has for them. And it can be summed up in four short points. Number one, they're not willing to trust him because they cannot trace him. That is, if, if they cannot see or make sense of what he's trying to do, they refuse to follow. They don't want no part of it. They're saying, God, you show me and tell me what's going to be on the other side or I'm not coming. Number two, they're not willing to cast away the old garment and make a change, become new. Jesus said you can't put new wine into old wineskins or put a piece of new garment into the old. That means we have to be willing to turn loose of the old and take hold of the new. I won't speak for you, but I'll speak for myself. But sometimes there's some things in my life that I need to let go and, and move on. As Elijah's mantle fell to the ground, Elisha took hold of his own clothes. And he, the Bible says that he tore them into pieces. And what was he doing? Why would he do that? Because he was removing the old to make room for the new. God, God couldn't give him the anointing until he got rid of some things in his life. Three, because they are not willing to admit spiritual poverty. Sometimes nobody wants to talk about the elephant in the room. Brother, we're all embarrassed or ashamed, but we as Christians have a hard time admitting when we're lukewarm and not where we need to be. I, I know that's sharp, but it's the truth. Sometimes we don't want to admit when we're lukewarm, and, and I've been guilty. And fourth and final, it's because they're not willing to change. They would rather be blind than change, and they would rather beg than change. And so in closing this morning, as you stand, I, I ask us as individuals and as a congregation, do you want Jesus to stand still where you are? Do you, do you really want his attention? Do you really want his life-changing spirit in your life? And if we are, and if we do, what are we willing to do to make that happen? Are we willing to add another 30 minutes of prayer like we've just come through? I'll ask you this today. Are we willing to continue that? Why does it have to be just the month of November? Are we willing to do the things that it takes to see real change take place in people's lives? I said at the beginning that Jesus is coming back and we should be at full warp speed as an apostolic church trying to reach the lost. Shame on us if we're not, if we're not reaching and telling everyone that we come in contact with about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so I'm asking, what are we willing to do to make Jesus stand still and pay attention to us? If you are willing to do that for the next few moments, I just wonder if we could call out to him 
and get his attention. These altars are open or make an altar where you stand. And before we depart this place today, let's just ask the Lord to stand still. Lord, I'm here. I'm ready. I'm willing to change. I'm willing to make a commitment. I want to turn aside, God, and see you. I want you to pay attention to me and anoint me to do what you would have me do in the kingdom of God. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.